the question, are we hungering for God today? When I hunger for God, what are the symptoms of hungering for God? I find myself drawn to communicate with him through the word. And that comes first. That's where God talks to me. I'm just irresistibly drawn. It's kind of like, you know, you get a little and you wonder, oh, who, who tweeted me? Who's texting me? Oh, I want to read it. You know, you got your phone in your pocket or your purse. And I know people, when the sound comes, they jump. They're like Pavlov's dogs. You know, they just, I have this, this irresistible response to a previous stimuli. Do you find yourself drawn to communicate with God through the word where God talks to me in prayer, where I talk to God? That's biblical praying. Biblical praying is always connected to the word. It, it's, it's, the word is what defines who we're talking to, defines how we talk to him, defines what we say to him, and defines how we know what he's saying back. It's all tied to the word. It's not prayer that's unattached to the word is, is likely to be hijacked. But there's a lot of stuff out there. A lot of, it's kind of like having an unsecured Wi-Fi or leave your Bluetooth on all the time and just have no passwords and let anybody in and just take over. And we call it hacking. You want to get hacked? In the spirit world, drift away from the Word of God. That is the only secure connection to the true and living God. So, that's biblical praying. What's biblical fasting? When I hunger for God, I'm sometimes drawn. Sometimes. Not, we're not promoting Gandhiism. We're not all trying to be emaciated and skin and bones and walking around, you know, like with ashes on us. No. Sometimes I'm drawn to abstain temporarily. Now look at this. From the good and useful for the better and eternal. There's so many good and useful things. There are now one trillion URLs on the internet. Google counted them. There are web bots. Google bots are crawling down all trillion of them. There is more of everything possible to experience, and you buy an Oculus Rift and you'll think you're there, you know? And it's just endless. And I'm, I'm, I mean, there's a lot of bad and wicked, but if you just say the good and useful, there's more good and useful right now available at any moment than ever before. But are you willing to temporarily give that up for the better and the eternal? You know, another point that I covered at Gull Lake this week that just floored them. You know, most people don't understand the doctrine of justification, and they certainly don't understand rewards. I mean, those aren't hot topics in churches nowadays. I mean, it's how to make money and how to get out of debt and how to feel good about yourself and all that stuff. Um, but doctrines are waning. And I, I said, you know what? You're going to stand before the Lord, and really the judgment seat of Christ is going to be, what did you do with your discretionary time? Did you do good and useful things? Because all the sins are removed, so God isn't even going to ask us about that. He's already punish Jesus Christ for my sins and yours. But is there anything wrong with knowing every sitcom, knowing every sports statistic, knowing every song you can identify it in the first bar, and you know every songwriter and song singer, and you have all of them organized in your digital library with the right pictures and everything else? 
that's good and useful. I mean, get rid of all the gratuitous violence and sex and all the other stuff that's out there, and, and the Lord will forgive and put all that on Christ, but the good and useful stuff, that will burn up at the judgment seat of Christ. All the discretionary time I spent pinning, posting, you know, filtering, you know, refurbishing, whatever, collecting, will burn up. And only what was better and eternal lasts forever. And that's what biblical fasting, we pause and say, Lord, am I spending way too much time restoring that old furniture or car or machinery or collecting one of every one of those things? And biblical fasting is where we can see clearly between the good and useful and the better and eternal. Then, this is how we tune up our spiritual lives. You know, you buy a car or you buy anything, even a computer, and after a while it starts, the car doesn't run as well, and the computer's slower, and the digital device does funny things. They need to be tuned up. They need to be reset. And that, that resetting is are these disciplines, the hungering for God. That's what we've spent most of this year looking at. We start out the Lord's Prayer, and the Lord's Prayer, come on, turn white, there we go. The Lord's Prayer is seeking God by inviting him to be at work in my life. Prayer is me inviting God in. He stands at the door next, says, I want to come in, I want to help you, I want to work in you today, and we've got to invite him in. Prayer is us inviting him in. And fasting is, is denying Anything I need to respond, anything that's in his way, if he keeps tripping in something in our life, I say, I don't want that. I don't want that tripping you up, Lord. I want that out of here. I'm sorry. I didn't even hear you knocking. It was too loud over here. I want to get rid of that. See, fasting is when I take anything out that keeps God from being central, the, the loudest, the clearest, the, the strongest influence in my life. Fasting, hungering for God, is denying myself so I can respond to him. And then this resting thing, that's making time for God. I learn the personal Sabbath rhythm so there's room for God, not once a week, not every other week, not once a month, not when I go to camp or conference or retreat. Every day becomes a spiritual retreat. And every day I get to walk on the high places of the earth with God.